The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So grateful to be here with you on Unity Online Radio. And I have such an amazing guest to share with you today. He's been on the show several times and he knows he's he's. He's, I was going to say one of my favorites. I think he's just my fave. He's just my favorite. The number to call if you have a dream or a dream question, or I would just say a question about the nature of how to make the most out of COVID-19 and this whole craziness. Robert is the man with the plan. He is tapped in, tuned in, and has all the answers you're going to need. So the number to call is 816 251 Three five five five, and um, let's do a little quick prayer because I am I need it more than normal. If you Robert just picked up before the show, my voice sounds a little heavier than normal. I'm I am walking through a a really scary, sad time with one of my best best friends in this world who is um, yeah, she's she may not be here for long and I'm going to be with her in a few days and just making all those arrangements and so this is often dreams and conversations about the other side they tend to overlap. So this is the perfect time to bring on my dream shaman friend Robert. So before we do, just want to invite everyone to close your eyes if you can if you're not driving or operating any kind of heavy machinery which I doubt you're doing. But just take a big deep breath. And as much as you can, just drop in, drop into this precious moment. And as Robert just said a few moments ago, the only moment is now. So let's pull in our attention from all the many, many, many places that it may have trailed off to. Let's just gather the troops, gather our energy, gather our dreams, gather our dreaming mind tentacles and tendrils from time and space, infinite places that they could be. And let's bring them all home into this sacred moment where we are aligned, where we are connected, where we are with one another in this virtual, magical, mystical way that we might take as ordinary but it really isn't. It's pretty spectacular to be able to be wherever we are in the world and be able to join each other in this conversation together right now. So let's just allow just a little moment of awe to breathe through us as we just become deeply grateful for what we do have to be grateful for, whether or not it's a little funky around the edges or whether it's fleeting 
whatever it is, let's just be grateful for what we've got because it is, we, we really have an abundance of riches. Uh, we have more than we realize. So with this, I just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thy will be done. Bring on the angels. They're already here. So hello angels. And so it is. Amen. All woman, ah, dreams and ah, Robert Moss, my guest today, who I'm so excited to talk to Robert Moss. For those of you who might not know who he is, I'm sure you all do, but he is the best selling author of at least 12 books on dreaming thus far. And I know he's got more up his sleeve and audio recordings. His books include conscious dreaming, active dreaming, dream gates, the secret history of dreaming, sidewalk oracles, the boy who died and came back, the three only things, mysterious realities, and dreaming the soul back home, which happens to be my personal favorite. So without further ado, Robert Moss, get on over here. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the show. Always thrilling to be dreaming with you, dear Kelly. I'm sorry about, you know, the dark situation you find yourself in in terms of your personal relation. I'm glad you're able to celebrate and give thanks for the good things we still can share. I mean, dreaming has never been as important as it is today. I mean, let me just say briefly by way of opening up our discussion. Uh, yeah. Many of us have been sheltered in place or sheltering in place. And, you know, we we rediscover or learn for the first time that dreaming we can travel without leaving home. I mean, that's one of the gifts of dreaming, whether you want an escape to a vacation you can't physically make or whether you'd like to go to a place of healing and guidance and sanctuary somewhere else. You can do that in dreaming. You might be doing it even if you don't remember. You might it might just be a case, of, a case of opening up to what you're already doing but haven't recognized. Dreaming, you can be as social as you like. Dreaming, yes, you might see things you'd rather not see, but they might be giving you important survival information. Like, for example, reminding you, yes, it might be a good idea to wear a face mask, even if some people don't like it or think it's a political statement. So it's been a time when many of us have been driven inward uh, more than we might otherwise have chosen to do. You know, we've been driven inward. And funnily yeah. enough, in being driven inward, we've also, in a sense, been driven back into contemplation of our necessary relationships with all life around us. So we've been driven inward, but many of us are thinking more deeply than we ever did about our obligations to the planet, to all forms of life on the planet, and to our need at the end of all this to bring some kind of balance back into human relations with everything else around us. So there are good things in this situation. It's horrible. It's terrible. It's, yeah. it's absolutely not over. Don't think that it is. But dreaming is one of the things that will get us through. Ah, oh, well said, Robert. Oh my God, there's so many things that you just said that were brilliant. Um, I think one of the, I mean, so many things, um, the travel aspect for people who are feeling, I mean, you are literally probably the biggest globetrotter I personally know. Every time I ever communicate with you, you're on the road or just coming back or so, so how, I mean, for one thing, travel is less expensive have, have than dreams, but how are you coping to, with being in one place? On that note. I, I was editing my new book. It's called Growing Big Dreams. I'm very excited about it. It's about manifesting your heart's desires through the secrets of imagination. Anyway, it'll be out in October. Oh, but that's exciting. Editing my manuscript, the main thing I had to do is to put some sections in the past tense. because The sections are all about the amazing adventures I have when I get on airplanes and fly around the world. 
And typically, mm. I write these things in the present tense, like when I get on a plane, <laughs> I ask a stranger, do you have a story? I had to put these stories in the past tense. When I used oh. to get on a plane before the <laughs> pandemic, I would ask a stranger, you know, do you have a story? Because right. I used to literally travel, as you know, 50% of the time. That has absolutely stopped. In fact, I don't know when I'll get mm. on an airplane again this year. I really don't know at the moment. So for this uh, globe-trotting uh, fellow, uh, the travel now has to be in the dreaming, essentially. And you know, I'm glad to say that there's some interesting stuff going on there. Right. Thank God. Thank God. Um, so has there been any dreams before? We've got lots of callers all lined up for, for to share their dreams and ask some questions. But do you have a dream that has been showing up that would be, you know, coronavirus, quarantine, pandemic related well, about how you've to, been I'm coping? I'm not going to tell you the, uh, the, the dream vision that is most important, except, uh, except in general terms. Back in March, I just come back from California. The last live workshop I led was in Berkeley, California in early March. And after that, nothing actually would have been possible in, right. in the weeks that followed. So I came back. I'm leading a little local circle for the last time in a couple of months. We're doing some drumming. We're just calling out images that I see very clearly, very brutally, just how far this could go, just how bad it could be. And I'm not going to tell the content because it's worse than anybody is mm. discussing. And it's a possible well, future. It can be avoided. It doesn't have to happen. But right. I saw at that moment just how serious, beyond any projections that any rational person had made, just how bad this could be. And frankly, mm. Kelly, from that point onward, I stopped making it my aim to dream about the coronavirus at all. Ah. I've had some dreams about personal healing, raising personal resistance, uh, you know, yeah. using imagery for personal, boosting a personal immune system. I've had that mm -hmm. kind of dream from, for other people and to some extent for myself, quite a few of those. I've helped people to work with their imagery to boost their resistance and give themselves some, some, some chance of getting through. And we'll talk about some other aspects of dreams in relation to this. But at that point, I decided, okay, the warning for me and for those I can influence is take this very seriously. Be prepared to shelter in place for maybe a very long time. Be prepared not to travel the way you used to. Be prepared to wear the face mask, etc. So I accept that. And so I haven't really been scouting around seeing what's going on on the ground the way that mm -hmm. some other people might have been because I had a very bleak glimpse of the of the possible future as i repeat i don't think it has wow. to be as bad as i saw but it was so absolutely clear to me and also clear to me there's really no no negotiating with this there are ways of mitigating it but there are no ways of negotiating or just wishing it away let me just throw in one more big comment in response yeah, maybe this is more helpful the category of dreams that has most interested me since the COVID 19 sees so much of our time and attention are the dreams in which we are interacting with the deceased interacting with the yes. deceased. Lots of people, lots and lots of people have brought, they know that I'm susceptible, they know I'm receptive, but lots and lots and lots of people have been dreaming of their departed. And I'll say this, Kelly, people who talk to me are generally cheerful about these dreams. They're having mm -hmm. generally happy and pleasant encounters with the departed, even in situations where they where they parted company with, with bad feelings. I mean, the healing is right. going on in these dreams. They see situations in which the departed are preparing new accommodations, mm. new lodgings, the people who will be crossing to the other side, and many people are crossing to the other side, and more will be doing that. So I've been listening to a lot of dreams about family reunions across the apparent value yeah. of death, and I'll tell you this. 
dreaming of the best preparation for dying. And whether, you know, you're on the list yeah. in terms of yeah. when you'll pop off this year or some other year, it's never too early or too late to think about these things. You need firsthand knowledge of these things. What happens after death, dreaming will get you there. You need ways of sustaining yourself and others in relation to that journey. So all the dreams that people are dreaming that involve contact with the deceased and glimpses of the possible afterlife, I regard as a tremendously positive development in terms of growing our consciousness of what it's all about and growing our readiness to help ourselves and others make the big journey when the time comes. That is so important. That is that mm, I just want to take that in. And I, I really love that, that there's, that you can kind of suggest that you're going to not necessarily dream about the the mayhem. You can deliberately request to dream about some solution and some red blood cells being boosted and even get some glimpses on the other side. This this dream that I had wasn't necessarily a glimpse to what was on the other side, but it was it was a solution for for these times for me. Um the nutshell, I've shared the the long version on this show, but all, the nutshell of it was I was having to turn all these, a lot of dreams about having to turn people away, about having to not hug people, because I'm a big hugger, Robert. I love to hug. And my dreams have been all about, don't do it, stay away. Uh-huh. And I, in this one dream, I had to turn away Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And it was like, I was the innkeeper during the nativity and I had to turn even them away. And in my dream, it was so hard for me to have to play the role of the of the person that says no. And, and the solution that came in at the end of my dream was, oh, wait a minute. Everybody who I love, they are already inside my heart. They already live within me. I already have access to them on a soul spirit level. I don't have to entertain the physical nature of them at this moment. And I can take heart in knowing that they're already here. So that gave me some peace. Would you call that a little bit of a, I don't know, solution? uh, There's there's some synchronicity here because I spent part of the last 24 hours revisiting the stories of um, the three Marys, especially Mary Magdalene in this context. And Mary Magdalene is the one who first sees Christ after the resurrection. And she confuses him with the gardener, but then she has a clear vision of him, of a kind not not given to the male apostles. And he says to her, don't touch me. That's the title of so many Renaissance paintings of the scene. It's translated, oh. don't touch me, don't touch me, don't hug me. But what does it actually mean? Well, there's a lot of you know discussion among students of theology and students of Mary Magdala and so on. What does it mean? Uh, some people think it means don't cling to me, don't cling to my form because I'm going into mm-hmm. a higher form. Don't confuse this form with the higher form I'm going into. I mean, I'm not a theologian and I'm not really much of a biblical scholar, but uh, for various reasons, I've been revisiting the different versions of this story and its iconography and the art, you know, right from the very beginning. So when you tell me about a dream, about not being about to touch <laughs> Jesus <laughs> and the Holy Family, synchronistically, I've just spent hours, you know, overnight looking at the paintings, you know, of 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 Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene and cool. Jesus and, you know, 50 of the paintings I looked at are actually called Touch Me Not, Noli Metangri, Don't Touch Me. Wow. <laughs> so so wow. whatever exactly it means, it means that there's some connection 
you know, in the interworld. We've got the internet, and then we've got the interworld of dreaming and synchronicity, <laughs> and both operate. And sometimes the interworld of dreams and synchronicity is more fascinating than the internet. So there's some connection oh, here. That's some, so some, beautiful. Um, yeah, well, uh, uh, one category, just, I'm just giving a sort of extended answer to your earlier question about dreams in this period. For me personally, another, probably the number one category of dreams that interests me are all the dreams in which I'm doing things similar to what I would be doing if I were able to get out and about and get on airplanes and so on, except that usually they're a bit different. For example, I recently led an absolutely fabulous workshop in the most fabulous location on the Aegean, maybe in the Greek island somewhere. I'm not quite sure exactly where it is. I haven't been to this exact location. I did teach at the old, the old Greek, old Greek literal, old Greek coast of, of Turkey, uh, wow. Ionia, um, near Izmir and so on some years ago, but it wasn't there. So I'm having this wonderful, wonderful workshop and the sun is shining on the blue sea and it's glinting on the white marble columns and it's all beautifully set up and we can have our tables and we don't have to wear masks and socially separate. So, I mean, that's one dream amongst <laughs> many in which I'm having really something like a royal time on a kind of vacation because I'm in a wonderful setting. But I'm also doing mm. some of the work that I like to do in places, you know, in the way that I would do if I were not physically restrained. When I look at these dreams, I might say, like some of the Jungians would say, well, this is compensation. I'm not doing that in my physical body. It's cool to get out and about. That would be good enough. Uh, but Kelly, I also think, because I believe that dream worlds are also sometimes absolutely real worlds, I also think that I and maybe many of us are having real experiences somewhere else. While our bodies are somewhat limited in where they can go and what they can do, we can, uh, we can give hugs, we can be places with people, and it's for real and it's somewhere else. And this is something that people are starting to look at more closely because they've had time to do so and because given the frustrations and limitations of our situation, people want to know that they have some options beyond the obvious ones. Mm. Oh, Robert, I so just love you and your wisdom just rocks my soul. Let's, let's take some callers. I know people are having some interesting dreams and wanting to get some help and clarity. Let's take Joan from San Francisco. Joan, welcome to Hello. the Ask Dr. Dream Show. Hello, Welcome. Jane. How are you? Um, great. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. What dreams do you have for us today? Or dream? So I was really curious about this dream because on the one hand, it sounds incredibly cosmic, but on the other hand, it could be a little depressing. <laughs> awesome. Bring it. Bring so, it on. So here's the dream. I'm, I'm, I'm in a house in a meeting in a beautiful neighborhood. I'm not sure exactly what the meeting is. One of our, and there's a couple of people that I know there. One person leaves to go across the street to look at a house for, that's for sale, but then she comes back and it's foggy out. I definitely remember that it's kind of like almost late afternoon dusk fog. Okay. We decide to take a walk in the neighborhood, and um, this woman and her friends, and then Adam shows up. This woman, and who's my husband, this uh, woman and her friend tell us that they want to take us to this performance piece. Hmm. And uh, so we walk there, and it's in a house, and um, it's this beautiful music. So it's like there are... 
So there are chairs and everyone sits down, but there's not a chair for me. Like the chairs mm. are grouped. And so this group has must have three chairs because we're a group of four. So I have to get a chair from another group and I bring it over and I sit with my friends. There's a cello and uh, we're there for a little bit and, and there's music. Okay. Then we walk again. Uh, we walk up these stone steps and then we're in the mountains. So we come out of the urban environment and we're in the mountains and um, we find a spring. And it's mm. like, I can tell it's an ancient spot, but it's not just a spring like, oh, there's this water popping out of the earth somewhere or a creek. Mm. No, it's a big bowl, like all stone, like a cone shaped in a downward cone. And it's all rocks, but it's not full. There's no water in the spring. And someone says, you have to rent it. <laughs> you have to rent it to fill it up with water. Oh, Lord. And um, then one of the people who's with us goes out all the window, goes over the side of the spring, and she's yelling for, to meet someone. But I just want to be there. I just want to, like, be present and figure out what this this empty spring is trying to tell me. Mm. And, um, I, you know, I wake up feeling like, mm, like a significant dream. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Going, Let's work with this uh, one. So uh, we've got Robert Moss who is joining yeah. us. Robert, would you be willing to do, to take a pass at this, this dream? And then I'll, I'll, Joan, I'm wait. going to jump right into the, if it were my dream part of the, of the game. Okay. I, I always okay. say if it were my dream. I never tell people what their dreams mean. I say what they mean to me. You say you have to rent it. I hear I you have to rend it, rend it with a D instead of a T. Why am I saying that? <laughs> because the spring of the muses on Mount Helicon in the Greek myth is in the rock, and in order for it to open, you have to stamp on it. Actually, it's the winged horse Pegasus has to stamp. It has to rend the rock in order to get the spring of inspiration going. So because of that connection, I'm changing in my mind the word rent, which is, you know, so-so, oh, to it. the word rend, which is the condition for getting the flow of inspiration, the flow of creativity going again. I'm thinking, I've got to find something to bang on or to stamp on really hard in myself and in my creative life to get things really into creative flow. That's the element of the dream that I'm going to home in on. Because I'm okay. really fascinated by this. It's like a cornucopia, isn't it? I mean, it's like a cone pointing down. There's all this yes, juice, yes. there's all this energy, there's all this creative flow. But something has to be done in order to get it moving. And, and you, whether, whether rental is also an option, I definitely need to find the right place to stamp on that ground in my life, in my body, and get things going. So I'm going to jump I in. <clears throat> it's Kelly. And God, I, I am. Worried. I was like, I was going to say, oh, my God, it's an empty spring. It must be because I'm old. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, all it takes is a good hoof. A good hoof. A good, a good, a good stamp. Oh, Joan. And Joan, <laughs> I know you have. Coming down. Joan okay. has a, okay. um, a horse, speaking of hoof, a dream that, that that's another dream for another day. But, okay, that's a synchronicity. But here's another synchronicity that actually relates to the horse. So as as we were talking earlier about my friend who is um, maybe, maybe making her exit soon and her husband just bought a car 
to be able to transport her comfortably to all these appointments and they call it Pegasus. Mm. And so I just heard that the other day, like, Oh, I can't wait for you to meet Pegasus, the, the car. And then I, Blue Angel, my publisher, they in their newsletter today, the first thing that they're promoting is a new uh, Pegasus Oracle deck by Alana Fairchild. And then, Robert, you bring up Pegasus right now. And I know Joan has well, a thing I, with I, I, I published my I published my last book because of a synchronicity when I was walking with a friend yes. in the Bay Area involving the Pegasus bookstore in Berkeley. Oh, yes. <laughs> so yes. so the, the, Pe- Pegasus, the Pegasus is all over, or is all over our imaginations right now. Oh, that is so, that is so magnificent. And I, Joan, I just want to add in my two cents, the, the, I love what Robert said about the rend it and not just rent it. But in my imagined version of the dream, if it, if this dream is about me having to rent the spring, the spring to me is, is about, it's the fountain of youth. It's kind of the ultimate in abundance. It's like finding the mother load. It's like just this, it's what I want to have access to and feeling like I have to rent it. I don't own it. It makes me think that I'm working through in this dream, any feelings of unworthiness and and not owning this, that I would have to do something oh, artificial. Oh, Kelly. I love that. <laughs> so to me, this is venting. This is venting and renting and moving that out so that eventually in the next iteration of this dream, there's the awareness that that Joan owns it. She's got it. It's It's hers. And all she has to do is stomp her hoof a few times. And I think there's something about coming from like you said, the the urban area into the more natural place, the the mountains, the this area, and even there being music, the cello, and so to me, it feels like it's even feels like what what's happening with us during this COVID nineteen time is going within, finding a, a more natural way of being. I keep joking. This is such a ridiculous thing, but my nails. I'm somebody who embarrassingly has used has gotten a manicure and gotten like my nails done every few weeks and I haven't gotten to do that. And lo and behold, my nails have become really strong and natural. And I'm really hoping to God and all of y'all listening that I'm not going to ever do that to myself again, that I'm not going to put those chemicals on myself. I'm going to return to a more natural spring within myself and so okay, I love this. Okay, dream. okay, you two. I'm going to give you a few lines from. One okay, of as my soon as poems, we come back uh, from this break, we're going to oh, a quick break. Back. So okay. hold those lines, Robert. Okay. Just, we'll be right back. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden.
Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. I'm Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden. So happy to be with you. In fact, there's nowhere on earth or in the cosmos I'd rather be right now. I've been having such a lovely and lively conversation with Robert Moss, and we're going to talk with him in just a moment about his new book projects and we and lots of dreams. So if you have a dream to, that you want to share, you can call in 816-251-3555. I want to, just for the sake of synchronicity and some shameless self-promotion, I just pulled a Dream Goddess Empowerment card from my new deck, and it is Hina, H-I-N-A, Elder Sister Goddess. You are a most beautiful, you are most beautiful when you be you to full. The best way to take care of your sisters and other men and women in your care is to hold them in their highest while being the most expressed, soulful version of yourself possible. Caring for others starts with caring for yourself. And as a byproduct, your brothers and sisters will be inspired. So take that. That's from the Dream Goddess Empowerment Deck. And Robert Moss, you have a program and a new you have a new book coming out and a new program with the Shift Network. Tell us all about that and how we can sign up for that. Well, the new Shift course, new online video course is uh, coming out soon. There'll be a free one-hour mini workshop on June 10th. It's called uh, Healing Your Life in the Dreamtime. We learn to do all sorts of things like travel without leaving home, like find places of sanctuary and healing in non-ordinary reality. We learn we learn to look for our angel. I mean, and we look at what the word angel means. We actually are going to do a journey in the introductory call to Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabriel. Mm. I, had a, I wasn't sure how I felt about angels at this point in my life, but half a life, lifetime ago, I had a personal vision of Gabriel. I saw as a being so beautiful, I thought of it as feminine more than masculine. I wrote a poem from that, and it sort of revised my understanding of the ways in which we see the guide, the beloved of the soul. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do a journey like that, and in the full course, we're going to do actually a class on dreaming with Gabrielle. So we're going to do all sorts of new stuff, new journeys, new adventures. It's all about living more fully and more juicily in more worlds at the same time. So it's all about mm-hmm. learning to understand that the time is always now. You are connected maybe to other personalities, other dramas and past lives, future lives, parallel lives. You can connect with them all consciously right now and life will be better. We're going to dream with Seth. Remember Jane Roberts, Seth, the multidimensional mm-hmm. teacher? I used to be, I used to have some resistance to channeled material and I guess I still do sometimes. But when I found the Seth books, I found the clearest statement of the oh. relationship between dream time and ordinary reality, the relationship between past lives and the multidimensional <laughs> world that I had ever come across. So we're going to dream with Seth and use some of his precepts as a, a model for exercise and meditation. So all of this is coming up soon. And, you know, if you go to my website, mossdreams.com, we'll have the information up there pretty soon. So I'm excited about that. We're going to draw on 12 specific world traditions of dreaming, the Greeks, the Aborigines, the Iroquois of the American Northeast, uh, the Mesopotamians, the Celts. So we're going to draw, draw on what the wise ancestors knew in different modes. And, you know, part of me is the, excess, is the eccentric ancient history professor, Monkey. So you get, get some content and mm-hmm. some stories and some, you know, some history and mythology from all over the map. So I'm very excited about that. And my new book is called uh, uh, Growing Big Dreams. It will be out in October. And it's about things like, you know, how dreaming gets you through. It's about things mm. like how your master dreamer 
your master imagineer is your magical child. So get in touch with her and bring her back. One of the two of the cardinal things in the new book, and in my approach overall, that play into what we need right now are these. First of all, your body believes in images. Find the right images to help it stay well and get well. The images to boost resistance. The images to give you some defense against things that might be trying to invade your body and your life. Where do you get those images? Well, dreams are a very good source. So there's there's a whole section in, in the book and in the courses about imaginal healing, learning learning to work your imagination better so that it brings the body up instead of down and brings the soul in. And here's the other thing, you know, what is in your way might be your way. The obstacle might be the way, mm-hmm. the setback might be the opportunity, even if it's tragic, even if it's dark, even if it's world shaking. What good can come from this? You know, we can imagine going right. forward 10 years into the possible future and looking back at our current catastrophe and finding that maybe something good for the planet and for all of us came out of it. Maybe we can adopt that attitude on an individual basis right now. You're talking about your nails. You, you like you like how your nails are doing without all the chemicals. I, I look at see I look I look at how I'm actually not as exhausted as I was getting by the end of last year. You know, traveling 24 hours each way to teach yeah. in Bucharest or something like that. I mean, I'm missing my friends and the wonderful places I traveled to, but I have more time to study. I have more time for quiet reflection. So learning to look at what seems to knock you back and bring you down mm. as a possible source of new life of movement forward, a source of opportunity. That's part of what it's about. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, and we can find out all about that at mossdreams.com. All right, so we right before the break, Joan was on, and you were about to ask us both a question. So, Joan, let me bring you back on. Um, what was the question, Robert? We are chomping at the bit. Oh, I was just going to uh, let the poet in me out to play. I mean, I also write poetry. My poetry collection is called Here Everything is Dreaming. Because we're talking about Pegasus and the spring of the muses and the spring of life and how sometimes the spring will seem to be dry or non-existent unless you give the rock a good kick, a good, good stamp. I'm just going to read a few lines from a poem of mine about Pegasus opening the spring of the muses. Do you want to hear Mm -hmm. those? Yes, and I want to say that another synchronicity is Joan is a poet extraordinaire who's written numerous books on poems, including many dream-inspired poems. So I think this is perfect. Let's hear it. Bring it. So this is for you, Joan. It's it's a section of a poem. It's in my book, Here Everything is Dreaming. It's a section called Hooves on Helicon. It's about opening the spring of the muses. Harder. The hooves drive sparks from the rock. The great wings beat the air, driving a warm wind across the snowy slopes of the mountain. Again, the hooves come down, and again, the rock groans and yields, releasing the jets of the secret spring. I mean, that will do. That's just that's just oh. the start of opening the spring of the music. Wow. So we had a dry we had a dry spring wow. in a rocky location. I see it all flowing and gushing now, Joan. May it be so. Made me so. How did that land on you, Joan? <laughs> did that inspire you? That is so healing, actually. Um, <gasps> yeah, because I was like, like I said, I thought, ooh, a dry spring. That must, that must mean I'm just, I'm done. I'm done for. <laughs> Give it a good stomp. Give it a good kick. 
Oh, oh that's Joan, beautiful. You know, po- you know, as a poet and a creative person, and Kelly and I both know too, the, the great thing is to get into flow, get into the zone where everything streams along. But sometimes when it's not streaming, a good hard kick, a good thump <laughs> is required. <laughs> I always say, or just, you know, yeah, throw things across the room and tends to get things working. Joan, thank you so much for sharing your dream. And I'm going to put you on hold. And let's see. Let's Denise. We've got Denise. Denise, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Hi. Show. Hi, how are you? Great. And say hello to Robert Moss and let's hear your dream. Hi, Robert Moss. Okay. Hi, Denise. I, I got, you know, I always choose mine according to your your guess. And I'm just I'm listening to this man and I'm just like, ah. Uh, so I'm gonna do one that I would like. Um, you know, I dream I'm an avid dreamer. But I'm going to mm-hmm. choose the one I had last week. Great. I'm, go, I'm driving a car, and I go into a parking lot, parking deck. Um, and, you know, you're driving slow when you're parking because you get into the rainbow, so to speak. So I pull up to park next to a car, and I hit the car. I bump the car. So instead of going into the parking, I back up because I realize I hit it. But I'm going slow. I back up. And I see that there's a little bit of a dent. There's a lady in the car. She doesn't seem to be aware. Because like you said, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like a hard bump because you're parking. You, don't, you only drive about a couple you know, miles when you're parking. So I back up, see the dent, realize that she's not aware. So I back up and I just, and I look around me. And there's people, a couple people in the car, two doors down, five down. But everybody in the cars don't seem to be aware that I did it either. So I'm saying to myself, should I report this? Do I just keep going and run? Well, not run, but drive away in the car? Because nobody seems to be aware that I hit this person, even the person in the car. But, you know, it's small. And the dream ended with me asking myself, what do I do? Do I leave? Do I go tell her I hit the car? She don't know I hit it. She don't, you know. And I'm asking right. myself and looking at the people around me like nobody's right. paying attention. Nobody. Okay. De- De- so, Denise, okay. how do you feel when you wake up? What are your feelings? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel confused? Do you have mixed feelings? What are you feeling? I feel like I'm better than that. I have, car- this is the truth, I have car insurance. It's a fender bender. What is the big deal? It's not going to cost that much. So I you, 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 feel, you feel slightly troubled that you did not go and report it? Yes. Is that how yes. you felt? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, reality check, Denise, do you recognize, is, is, this your reg, is this your car? Is this a parking lot that you could be in? Could any of this happen in the physical world? No. It was a parking Really? Lot. No. The you, car you, was- don't, you, don't, you don't drive? Do you have a car? Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. I, I thought you meant was it a familiar a place? That no, I I'm just I'm just saying. You do you you, yeah. you have a car? Is yeah. it possible that, yeah. that you might have a yeah. you might have a little thing like this parking somewhere yeah. sometime, even if you don't know the place yet? Is that remotely possible? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. if it, if it's my dream, I'm not going to ignore the fact it could be a literal advisory. This is a situation that could happen. I have a, a ding in my car mm. where somebody hit it and did not report it. it goes on all oh. the time. Yeah, people move slowly in parking lots, but accidents happen in parking lots parking lot statistically more than anywhere else. It's possible this could happen. 
And, and it's possible also that I might be tempted if no one notices me to just drive off. So the dream might be preparing me for a situation. First of all, you know, if I remember the details, maybe I could avoid that scrape if I find myself in a situation mm. like that. Secondly, I want to remember, I don't just want to hightail it out of there, you know, and just abandon the situation because I've got insurance. I could do the right thing. Now, symbolically, Denise, if it's not about a literal, you know, thing with a car, little little ding with a car, mm. it could be about the risk we're all conscious of getting too close to other people right now. You know, people, mm. people, a lot of people don't seem to be noticing that the risks go on. It's still dangerous. People do better with this in California than some parts of the country, but still a lot of people are out and about really not taking any precautions. And the fact that so many people seem oblivious to, you know, proximity, getting close to something, having a scrape, having a scratch, that just remind me, I, hey, I want to be very careful about boundaries. I want to be careful, very careful about social distancing. It could be a commentary on that kind of thing as well. Oh. Oh. Um, I'm going to throw in my two cents here and um, just – I ditto everything Robert said. <laughs> that was great. I I even had the thought that there was some kind of a COVID-19 kind of vibe about this, about the people in their own cars not being aware, like everybody kind of in their own little pod. And um, but this being sort of cautionary about about scraping. But I got the, the what what I wrote down on my paper was instant karma to me. This is about this dream. If it were my dream is about my karma. Yeah, I can get away with all manner of things. But there, this is a cautionary tale for me to take seriously the things, the, the scrapes that I get into, whether it be with a car or a personality or or any place where I've dropped the ball or done something accidental or I've gotten into a slight accident, even though it was unintentional to clean it up and know that I've know that I'm covered. So um, I was just talking to somebody the other day about the notion of um, the possibility as your, as your consciousness raises, perhaps there is more instant karma where you're not able to just get away with the things that you could have gotten away with before. It's like, you want to have, you want to be up to date present tense with your insurance, with your, with your ability to not have to carry this stuff around. Anyway, that's, that was my thought about yeah. your dream. How's that the land needs, on you? Needs, if I am you, I'm actually quite uh, satisfied with myself for having these thoughts about responsibility. I am responsible. Mm. I would like to put it right. And I'm going to remember to carry that thought, carry that attitude in life. If, if a situation comes up, well, yeah, I could get away with something. But is it really worth it? Don't I want it, you know, to do the right thing? And as I say, I'm going to I'm getting shivers now. I'm just going to notice if I'm in a situation where I have to park, maybe it's an unfamiliar lot, unfamiliar place. I'm just going to be alert for any elements of the dream coming alive, manifesting, and just try and avoid this incident if I seem to be in a place where it could happen. How does that land on you, Denise? One quick question, because you deal with the afterlife. You know, you were talking about that before. The other night, and I don't even know how to say this, but I don't want y'all to think I'm crazy. I'm sleeping. And something said, open your eyes. And when I open my eyes, there is a silhouette, uh, a silhouette, a black silhouette. And there's a man with glasses on, and he's bending down like you marrying somebody, like hand and knee, like propose. And he has a box. And, mm. and, and, I, and I'm thinking, do, do I touch this? He's not giving it to me. It's almost like he wants me to reach out. This person's at the side of my bed. Like I said, it was a silhouette. 
And I'm thinking, do I reach out and I touch this box? He had something in his hand, like he was offering me something. And then I closed my eyes. When I opened them again, he was, it, was, it was gone. But I'm not crazy. I know what I saw. <laughs> No, I don't think you're crazy. I think this is actually quite a normal experience, Denise. So maybe I'm crazier than you are. I mean, <laughs> going on in my environment, and I don't, and I, well, first of all, maybe I do know the fellow, even I don't recognize him to begin with. Maybe the box is something to do with me or my family. But my first thought is that I'm in the presence of someone who is deceased, uh, traveling around in one of their energy bodies, probably a rather dense energy body. He's not necessarily lost, lost or confused, but I'm seeing him because for whatever reason, he's still somewhat close to the living. Maybe he has something that he wants to put right. Maybe he has something he wants to put down. Maybe he's got something yeah. for me, or maybe he just wandered in looking for somebody who was sensitive enough to pick him up. I mean, we're in a situation yeah. right now, frankly, this is just generalizing from it, but lots of people have died rather quickly without, you know, rituals of farewell, without adequate preparation, and there are probably more people wandering around right now amongst the dead than they usually are. There are usually quite a lot of right. people who don't quite know what they're doing, are lost or confused. He's not necessarily lost or confused, but he, he might have something to accomplish, and he might actually have stepped into your space because he knows that you are sensitive. You might be capable of picking him up, and maybe he's actually got something that he would like to communicate through you. I don't find this sinister. I just find it, you know, part of what life is like, you know, on the psycho-spiritual level, when we have our, when we have senses to pick it up and receive it so you know if i'm oh. you denise and i'm sensitive to these things i guess i'm just going to have to be cheerful and accept i'm probably going to see a number of things that other people won't initially understand but might be quite real and might involve our interaction with the energies and the minds of the dead on various levels mm. well if it, okay how well, about if it were oh, my dream yeah. i want to say that it's uh, the feeling that i'm getting from from this fellow and i say fellow that seems kind of a strange strange thing but he he's offering it something man. it's like he's it got man. this he box he had glasses okay wow the details are coming in but it seems like there's a there's a beseeching there's a desire to i mean marriage like it's you said something like was he wanting to me to marry him he was on his knee it was like a it's like he's wanting me to join him where he's at and he's offering me something in exchange for this he's not just saying come hang out with me it's like i got this ring for you it's like mm -hmm. uh, so it feels like there's this desire for engagement on the other plane and I, Denise from you, Denise shares dreams with us a lot on this show, Robert, her dreams have been getting progressively more and more juicy and otherworldly. And it's quite a wonder to behold. I'm so excited about this dream. I want to make another suggestion, Denise, if this is my dream, I'd like to bring the, the, the thing up, the whole dream scene up on my mental screen as if I'm watching TV, right? So I'm watching him on his knees with his box. I'm watching myself in bed, opening my eyes as an observer. And just let it play out. Just imagine that I'm watching this and let's have the next scene play out. I'm not necessarily going to get into the midst of it. I just like to imagine that I can let it come up on the screen like another episode from a TV show and see what follows. What happens if, 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 I, if myself in the bed lets him open the box and looks inside? What, what does he do? Just let the next scene play out, watching it like an observer and see how that goes. Oh. Yes, and he doesn't hand me the box. He's almost Not, like he wants me to reach out to get the box. He doesn't hand it to okay. me. He's just like, okay, if you want what's in this box or what's in my hand, you're going to have to reach for it. And I didn't. 
Well, this is kind of an interesting synchronicity, Robert, going back. My wiser self, if I might have a name for that wiser self, that angel, that higher self, or I might not. I mean, just might just check in with my sort of wiser self and say, what what should I do about this now? Should I let this go? Should I look in on it? Should I actually try to talk to him and start a dialogue with him? But I think I'd like to get some guidance from, you know, a sort of higher authority than my everyday mind on that. Just see if I can check in with a higher source and say, what should I do here? Should I engage him in conversation? Should I reach out for the box? Should I have a look in it, look in on it as an observer? If it's got some juice and some, you know, interest for me, I might want to do some of those things. And see, the night before I ask my angels, please guide okay. me. Please just give me direction. And the next thing okay. you know, he pops up. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He might be your Gabriel well, or your you Gabriel. That's the right way to approach it. And Robert, going back to earlier in the show when you were talking about the three Marys, there's the the notion of don't touch me, don't don't hug me, don't. Yeah. Con- what was what was that quote? So there's yeah. something. Well, it's the same. It's the famous thing that Jesus says to Mary Magdalene when she's the first one who can see him, and she's confused. She thinks he's the gardener, then she recognizes what he is, and she wants to hug him, I guess. And he says in the old Latin version, "Noli me tangere." It's usually translated as don't touch me or touch me not. Some people say it means don't hold on to me, don't cling to me. And some speculation is that he's mm-hmm. what he's really saying is don't confuse this semblance mm-hmm. of me with, with mm-hmm. the reality because I'm going on somewhere else. Don't hold on to this semblance because mm-hmm. I'm going to a higher place. So don't get stuck by clinging to this semblance of me, you know. And that might, might I'm getting shivers now, that might be appropriate here. Don't cling to the semblance of something mm-hmm. that whose destiny is higher up, you know, don't don't cling to the lower garments of something that's going to go on to a higher level, something like that. Oh, so Denise, your uh, your assignment, should you choose to accept it, is to continue <laughs> the story and see where your higher guidance tells you to go. And I look forward to hearing all about this. I just want to acknowledge some of the synchronicity. So the some of the one of the synchronicities is about touching the being from the other side or not. And Pegasus has shown up as as quite the symbol today. And um I guess I get I don't know, maybe there wasn't another one. I'm not sure. Robert, I shared with you. Yeah, about the three Marys. Me and you and you doing the research on your three Marys. Always so much fun in the realm of synchronicity with you, Robert Moss. And I, you know, just really quick before we end the show and um, Denise, thank you again so much for calling in. It's always wonderful to hear you. I look forward to hearing your update next week. Robert, um, any words of advice to my friend who is, who may be, I mean, we never know people, people, sometimes are at death's door and they turn around and rebound perfectly. So I don't want to rule that out, but for somebody who's right there at the threshold and you were talking to me um, before the show about, about encouraging people to dream in, in a state like that. Um, in your own words, what, how would you, how would you well, suggest that I bring that up to her? We want to encourage people to dream all the time. And dreaming is the best preparation for dying because dreaming, you become familiar with worlds beyond the physical. And you may actually, whether you know it or not, find that you're already traveling to places where you and others will live after physical death. I mean, you're simply doing it. So one of the best ways to help people approach death as well as to approach life is simply to make a space where they can tell you a dream when they remember. You don't necessarily have to work the 
dream, just congratulate them for having the dream. The, the dreaming in itself, the remembering, is great practice for moving to a state beyond physical existence. Another thing we can learn to do is we can bring the right image, the right dream, the right map, in a sense, to someone who doesn't have one. We can grow a dream or find a dream, which might be guidance for the journey for someone, mm-hmm. and we can give it to them. One thing that's worked very well with a lot of people approaching death, in, in my estimation, my recollection, has been to get them to think about someone who, a soul friend who has shared their life, particularly an animal, a dog or cat, a beloved domestic animal who shared their life. And then sometimes the dog or the cat will turn up, uh, whether it's the actual dog or the cat or a mask for the guide, it turns up in their dreams and their imagination. It becomes part of their guidance system. And of course, there are all sorts of traditions and rituals and systems by which we can invoke guidance, blessing the right angel, the right guide to the other side, to someone we're thinking about, uh, according to your your faith or your lack of faith, your, your, your trust in love and light. Uh, you can be one of those with or without any any real degree of ritual, you could be one of those who invokes and prays for the right guide and the right doors to open for somebody beginning their journey to the other side. These are some of the things you can do. And whether or not she's open to it, I can pray for this for her. And that's Absolutely. valid. Absolutely. Yeah. You can that's pray not... for someone. I was, would you like to hear it? I was given a spontaneous mantra in a big dream many years ago. It's good old English Yeah, we've got one minute before the show ends, so let's, let's do it. That's a great way to end. This. Okay. Blessed one, light bringer, let me rise on your wings into your heart of light. And in the big dream, this helped me to bring someone up, uh, someone up from a very dark place, someone who had died. And the words were vibrating in the air like they were shaking the window, shaking the glass in the house. And I've shared it with people mm. as, as mm. a spontaneous mantra that came to me in the good old English language. Uh, I, I can say that for people. I can say that for you. I can say that over people. I can say it in their presence. I can give it to them. But it, it, as a prayer and blessing for others, I find it very powerful. Robert Moss, thank you so much for gracing this show with your presence. And thank you for all of the books that you've offered and your newest course with the Shift Network. And everyone can go to mossdreams.com to find out more about Robert and his upcoming course in June. Thank you so much, Robert. And everyone, take care of yourselves. Dream, dream, dream. Now's the time. If there's ever been a time, it's now. So get your dreams on. Don't take them lying down. We'll see you next week. Sweet dreams. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, Lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.